Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. For more information about us, visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. All right, amen, amen. Anybody excited to, to hear? Anybody excited to hear maybe what, what, what God would put into your heart today, what God would drop into your spirit? Amen? I'm excited to bring it. I, I was excited when I got it. I, I love wrestling with God with, with, for His Scripture and for His Word, and I love that, man. There's nothing I, I enjoy more than that. I love to, to, to uh, just let God's Word get in you and just see where, what's going to come from it. Amen? Because, I mean, the, those, listen, if, if you think the Word of God is, is boring or it's, it's not alive or it's, just compare it to the stuff that you're feeding yourself. It's the same type of stuff, but with a godly influence, right? There's soap operas, your shows, everything. There's murder, death, rape, uh, attack, and wars, and violence. There's assault. There's everything in the Word of God, right? But, but it's in there for a purpose. I did it for you. <laughs> Candace was complaining. She don't like me up here. She said, I'm too far away. I can't give her a high five. And so, so I brought it down. So amen, amen, let's get started. Father, we just thank you for your word. I thank you for your people. I pray that you would just release revelation on us today, Lord God. Release revelation in and through us. Both the revelation that you've, you've given me and God, release new revelation on everyone here, Lord God. Release it, Lord. Let it, let it, let it take root let it go firm and deep, Lord God, with conviction, with power, with, with changing and transformational power, Lord God. We thank you for your ever-changing, ever-alive word, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. One, two, three. Come on, you're sounding like girls. One, two, three. All right, we're getting a little better. We'll get there. We'll get there. You didn't even go to conference. My man shot in one, two, three. Check that out. All right, instead of a quote today, I want to start with a little video. I want to show you a short clip on, on you're not going to think it's spiritual at all, but how many of you know how pearls are made? A couple of you know? Isn't it, isn't it a fascinating type of, let, let, let me break it down. Go ahead and, and, and show this clip. Every season, the small oyster with a small shell bead and a graft. Push that. Start it again. Just push that in. We monitored and cleaned every fortnight for the next two years. Okay, the just process of seeding with a small shell and a graft of oyster tissue. 
can return to the sea in a wireframe where they will be monitored and cleaned every fortnight for the next two years. During this gestation period, the oyster will secrete a covering of nacre over the pulp. It is this long gestation time rich waters that results in Australian South Sea pearls having the thickest nacre. Okay, so anyway, so this what, uh, is the moment of divine you revelation. You get the point. That 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 uh that clip, despite its technical difficulties, was from a pearl farm. There's actually pearl farms, and and what they the reason they do that is because they've studied the pearl and the oyster and learned that when an oyster is feeding. Or, or when it's vulnerable, sometimes an irritant gets inside of the oyster, right? An irritant meaning a piece of sand, a rock, a parasite, whatever it is, it gets inside the oyster. And so what the oyster does now is instead of, instead of trying to, to spit it out, th this irritant literally gets underneath the skin of the oyster. So there's an irritant under the skin of the oyster. And what, what literally, you know, instead of trying to spit it out or get rid of it or trying to remove it, the oyster starts to cover it over. And it takes what it, what it naturally has inside itself. Um, you know, she said it with an accent, but it's, it's a nacre or a, a mother of pearl. It's a, something that it secretes and it covers over the, the, the uh, irritant to smooth it over. And keep in mind, this doesn't happen overnight. The, these people that, you know, that, that fake it, you know, they, they force it to happen. They take the, pearl, the, the oysters and they inject an irritant. So they put an irritant in and then they put it back and they have to leave it for over two years. So it takes over two years for the oyster to secrete this covering and completely cover the irritant. And keep in mind that as, as it does that, it still has to feed and it's still... So more irritants could get in the oyster and it does the same it's the exact thing. It starts to cover over every single irritant. So at any given time, the oyster could be dealing with many irritants that are getting under its skin and it's covering all of them. Thank you, Candace. See, eventually the irritant is completely covered over and the, by this beautiful, smooth knacker or mother of pearl. And it ends up this beautiful, like these things aren't even, if, if you would have seen the end of the video, the one, they pulled it right out of the oyster like this. It wasn't even like polished or cleaned or done. It comes out just like this on some of the choice oysters. Isn't that incredible that, that nature, this is how we make pearls? Right? Nature makes pearls from irritants. So, see, this, so there's three things that, that's, that, that are happening there. Think about it. It's, it's no longer, once, once it becomes a pearl, once it's covered over, it's no longer an irritant to the oyster. See, because the, because the oyster chose to cover over what irritated him, the irritant is no longer painful to him. What or who gets under your skin? 
what are some of the irritants in your life? Is it your job? Is it your boss? Is it a parent? Is it a spouse? Romans 12, 21 says, Do not let yourself be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Amen. So, so the oyster overcomes this intruder that's under his skin, overcomes, covers it over, and it's no longer painful to him. What else happens? Because it has been covered over, it doesn't look the same way it did when it became an irritant. And now, something, it's something very beautiful and very valuable. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. Doesn't that sound like the oyster? Encourage one another and build each other up. See, whatever gets in, in its face, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, a nice person or a nasty person, the oyster is going to build it up and cover it over. And when it's done, it's, it's, it's not going to be the same anymore. It's going to be better. Amen? Amen? See, the oyster sings, You make me better. <laughs> anyway. The oyster makes things better. It takes an irritant and it makes it better. Amen? It takes something bad. It takes something that's under its skin. Something that doesn't belong there. And just because it gets in his face, in his space, the oyster makes it better. A third thing happens. In order to release these now very beautiful and very valuable pearls, the oyster will have to lose its life. You can't take the pearl from the oyster without killing it. So after these farms, after two years, they go and they bring them up and they, they, they chuck them. And people eat that. I, 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 can't, I can't get down with that. But people, like, they love that stuff. I don't. But so the oyster has to give its life to release the beautiful pearl, which was an irritant in the beginning. Now, if you don't see something spiritual in that, you're cold. We need a defibrillator or something just to start up your heart again. If you don't see something spiritual in that, you, you, you're not going to get anything better from me today. I'm sorry. So can we apply that to our lives today? Right? What, where is the gospel in that? Some people, come, some people have complained about, about me and say, you don't preach the gospel. And, and I, I don't know where they get that from. I, I, I guess because, because maybe I don't sit here and read 400 scriptures and bore people to death. I, I, maybe that's it. So maybe they think I'm not preaching the gospel. But where's the gospel in the oyster? Well, Jesus is the oyster. We in our sinful nature and our sins are the irritants. His grace is the knacker that covers over our sins, which are more than irritating to God because He's holy and He can't deal with sin. So He needs to cover it. He can't have it in its presence. It has to be covered. And so the knacker is, the, His grace is the knacker. And in order for us to be totally transformed, to go from ugly little rocks to beautiful pearls, for us to be free, the oyster has to die. 
Come on. We can only get a beautiful pearl through the death of its host. Christ died. Second Corinthians says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Amen. Tell somebody you're beautiful. You're beautiful. God is covering you over. Tell him, tell him, God is covering you over. And he's going to make you beautiful. Come on, that's the first time any of you, some of you have been told you're beautiful. So receive it. Say, thank you, Lord. Yeah, all right. See, I, I, I get so excited when I see God through creation. I, I love that. You know, you might, you might limit yourself, and, and I think that's what Christians, we limit ourselves, and we say, God can only speak through this, and God can only speak through this. But, but listen, when God is so creative, the more you know about Him, the more intimate you become with Him, you'll, you'll see that, that he could, he start to, you start to see pictures of the gospel everywhere, in everything. And see, God is the best illustrator that you have ever seen or heard. He's better than any speaker. He's better than any preacher. He can illustrate something better than anybody. Why? Because the whole world is his resource. Amen? He doesn't have to look on YouTube like I do to find the video. He doesn't have to Google anything to get a picture. If, if he wants to illustrate something, he creates it. He speaks it. And it's there. Amen? So, I mean, I mean, he's, he's so creative that way. When God wants to demonstrate something, he creates it from scratch. Because <clears throat> he's Jehovah Jireh, our provider. He's Jehovah Nisi, our banner. He's Jehovah Rafi, our healer. He's Jehovah Sidkenu, our righteousness. He's Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts. He's Jehovah Shama, the Lord is present. He's Jehovah Hosinu, the Lord, our maker. And he's Jehovah Elohim, the eternal creator. Amen? God is creation. He's the eternal creator. And yes, we are still name dropping. This is name dropping part four. Amen? We're in this series, if you're, if you're just coming in today, we've been doing this series about the names of God. We've just been starting from, you know, grabbing every name we can find in the Word of God and just presenting the names of God. Because I thought it would be such an interesting and such a beautiful way, be, you know, to, to have something because it's based on Proverbs 18.10 that says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. If you haven't memorized that scripture yet, you're slow. It's been four weeks. The name of the Lord, say it with me. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. So we've been doing a series called Name Dropping. For those of you that are, are visiting today for the first time, if you want to catch the rest, they're on the internet, www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. For free, we're not trying to sell nothing. You get them online, you can listen to them. And we're just talking about the names of God. Amen? Because, so, so Jehovah Elohim, he's, he, he's the eternal creator. And so because God is our eternal creator, because creation is like his thing. Amen? Creation's like his bag, baby. You know what I'm saying? It's like his thing. That's for you old schoolers. 
It's like his thing, you know what I'm saying? It's like what he does. God is so creative that sometimes, and I'm going to take a twist today, sometimes instead of giving us names to call him, sometimes God will change our names. Why are you waving, getting my attention? Sometimes God will change our names. Amen? Because, see, our names speak to our nature. Right? See, our culture doesn't really do that. I mean, you could tell by me, my, you know, I'm Cuban, my wife's Puerto Rican, and our daughters are Megan and Kelly. <laughs> Irish, two Irish, uh, you know, makes no... So we obviously, our culture doesn't practice that. But, but in the Hebrew culture, and in the culture that the word was written to in, in the time of, names were critical. What you named somebody was so important. It became like who they were. You know, it it was critical. You gave somebody a bad name, you cursed them for life. We don't practice that. My name, I hated my name all of my life. Imagine being born George. Like, you ever met a cool George? How, you know how extra hard I had to try to be cool with a name like George? Like some people could just come off cool with a cool name, right? But I was George. There's a George in every movie. He's never the cool guy. He's never the fly guy. He's never the player. George is just the, the, the plain nothing guy. He's just the, the funny guy or he's the, the chubby bald guy. Or I mean, there's just never a cool... So I hated that name growing up. I was, listen, I'm dead serious. I was two Georgie Porgies away from killing a kid. I, like two more, I think I would have gone Columbine on, on the school. I, I was so... I hated the... And then Curious George came out. You know, oh, Curious George. Yeah, I haven't heard that before. You know, and then God blessed me with George, George, George of the jungle. Needless to say, I did not enjoy my name at all. I hated my name. Later in life, I found out my name means farmer. That wasn't a joke. That was, that was the deep part. That was supposed to be cool. Y'all are still laughing at me. That's not cool. That was the deep part. Later on, I found out my name means farmer. And that's like what I do, isn't it? I plant seed. I water seed. So that wasn't funny. Why you laugh at me? This side is rude. I'm going to stay over here. So, I mean, like, you know, I I plant seeds, I water seeds, I sow and I reap, I invest in people and I believe God for the harvest. So that's like what I do. I'm a farmer. So it fits. Amen. So interestingly enough, in the first book of the Bible, there's some name changes. And I just want to talk about one today. You can turn, you can find it in Genesis 32. For those of you far into a Bible, that's the first book. So that's an easy one. Genesis 32, right in the beginning. Starts with a G. Sorry. As you go there, let me set this up so you know what's happening here. Okay, this, it's about a man named Jacob, and Jacob is at this point, he's, he's, he's ready to meet his brother Esau, and, and he thinks his brother might want to kill him. 
And so just set the stage for you. Let me tell you why he thinks Esau might want to kill him. Jacob is a sneaky, sneaky dude. He is a dirty, he is a sneaky dude. He's one of those guys that will do whatever it takes to get whatever he wants. And I don't mean that in a good way. Right? He is just sneaky. He's probably, and so probably the grimiest two things that he ever did in his life was number one, he stole the birthright from his brother. In that culture, the brother that's born first gets the birthright. He, he, you know, there's honor bestowed on him. He stole it from his brother. He tricked him and stole it from him. That's grimy. Say, that's grimy. Right? Can you imagine like your brother stealing your position from you? Your sister? Like, be, I mean, that's grimy, right? So the second thing he did, and on his father's deathbed, he stole his father's blessing. Say grimy. On his father's deathbed, the guy is 708, whatever it is, right? He's old. He can barely see. And, and he's, he's about to die. And so before he dies, he has to release the father's blessing. The father's blessing is, is a big deal in this culture. It means finances. It means land. It means a lot of things. But it just means God's, God's blessing, too, that the father passes on, right? He, he steals it. He, he says he connives and... Um, like, it looks like, J- yeah, his mom was a sneak too. She, she's the one that was behind that too. She helped. But it looks like Jacob was like the pretty boy. Jacob was like the fly guy, shaved, you know. And Esau was like the hairy beast. I, I picture Esau like with hair on his shoulders, just like a real hairy back type of hairy neck. You know, hair sticking out of the collar shirts up here. Just a real hairy guy, right? And so he, he tricked them. He told the father, you know, no, it's me. It's me. You know, he disguised his voice and stuff. He put on Esau's clothes so the father could smell the, the man sent, you know, from, from Esau. Because Esau was a hunting kind of guy, you know. And so anyway, he tricks him. He steals the father's blessing. So at this point, the, the, the brother is ready to kill him. The brother says, as soon as this, I'm going to kill him. Dead, I'm just going to kill this guy. I'm going to kill my brother. He's done me wrong for the last time. I'm going to kill him. So the mother, who was grimy also, the mother says, listen, just go away. Mom says, go away real far. And just, you know, when he gets over the anger, I'll call you to come back. At this point in Genesis 32, it's been 20 years. And mom hasn't called him back. <laughs> That's cold, right? <laughs> he's like looking at the phone. Well, the phone's back there, but he's looking at the camel or whatever brings the mail back then right nobody calls right so in his mind Esau is still mad mama hasn't called for me there's no messenger coming mama hasn't called Esau still wants to kill me so okay so at this point he's um you know he's ready to meet him and so he he gets to this place where he's going to meet him he sends all his belongings across the river and it says Jacob is alone and so naturally he's probably praying right he's praying he's saying God you know don't don't let him kill me. Don't, you know, I know I was grimy, but don't let him kill me. He's probably praying. And so here, here's where we, where we start here in Genesis 32, verse 24. It says, so Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. And when the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched. As he wrestled with the man. 
Then the man said, let me go because it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go until you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel. Because you have struggled with God and with men and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? And then immediately he blessed him there. And so Jacob called the place Peniel. It's not how you... Yeah, it's not how you non-Spanish people say pernil, you know, pernil. It's pernil, meaning because I saw God face to face and my life was spared. So the sun rose above him as he passed pernil and he was limping because of his hip. See, sometimes God has to get us alone so he can deal with us. Say, say, he's talking to you. Talk to somebody. See, when we're all caught up with our own hustle, you have, you know, everybody got a hustle, right? Everybody got a hustle. Whatever it is that you do for a living, however it is that you get by, you make ends meet, everybody got a hustle. When we're so caught up in our hustle, it's easy for us to not have to deal with God, at least for a time. But there comes a point that sometimes God has to get us alone so he can command our attention. Amen? Some people refuse to be alone even for a week. You go from in and out of relationships. I'm talking to the young people, young adults, single adults. Come on. You jump in and out of relationships going from bad to worse just not to be alone, just not to face yourself, just not to face God. So, see, the verse says that when Jacob was alone, a man wrestled with him. Jacob didn't start out wanting anything. People use this verse. You know, I I hear people use this verse a lot and they say, well, you just got to wrestle with God to get your blessing. But that might be great and all that, you know, and you could preach that too. But but if, if you look... God, um, Jacob didn't wrestle with God to get his blood. He didn't start the fight. How many of you see there that God started the fight? It says a man wrestled with him. Not he wrestled with a man. He was just alone minding his own business. Just like, oh man, I hope my brother don't kill me. And then it says, and a man wrestled with him. So it, 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 it appears to my you know, knowledge of English, he, God, started the fight. How many of you know sometimes God starts the fight? Sometimes God starts the fight. See, he started the fight because he wanted something from Jacob. God wanted something from Jacob. God wanted to get all of the scheming, trifling, hustling, self-reliance out of Jacob. And God was willing to fight for it if he had to. How many of you know that if God was willing to die so that we would be clean, how many of you think that he would be willing to fight to get something out of you? Tell somebody, you better recognize. God will wreck you to get what he wants to get from you. You know, we, we paint this picture of God as a gentleman and God won't do. Yeah, yeah, but God, when God wants something from you and he's going to come and get it. He will. He can. You know why? Because he can. Because he's able. 
You know, why do, why do big guys start fights with little guys? Because we can. Right? <laughs> That's the only reason. Because we can. I, I'm not going to go and, and, and start a fight with, you know, Larry or, or Andrew or Jonathan. I'd rather, you know, start a fight with Danny or Matthew. Or, you know, I, I mean, I just think my odds are better. And, and, and why? Because I can. That's why. Like, why put myself at some place where I could get hurt? Right? So anyway, God started the fight. Side note, sometimes God will get us alone. Meaning, He's going to remove things. He's going to remove stuff. He's going to remove jobs. He's going to remove friends. He'll remove relationships. Just so that we would find ourselves alone and He could command our attention. Say Amen. See, God, God wants to get us alone so he can wrestle with us. Now, wrestling, I want you to think about wrestling for a moment. I don't particularly like wrestling because for me, the thought of another man holding me for that length of time and with that much passion and aggression, it makes me a little uncomfortable. But, but wrestling, when you wrestle, you, you really get a hold of somebody. You know what I'm saying? In a wrestling match, sometimes these men are locked up in positions and they just, they're just there locked. Like all over each other, just locked. Thinking of how am I going to get the best of this guy? How am I going to get to, you know, to overcome this guy? So personally, I'm not, you know, don't, not too fond of wrestling. But anyway, it says there that they fought all through the night. It says till daybreak. How many of you ever had a, you did like a little boxing class in, 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 in Bally's or something? You know, you did some kind of match like that, right? It, two, three minutes, you're done. Two minutes. You ever just punched a bag for a minute? A minute, like a minute and a half? You're exhausted. I mean, this is something that really demands a lot of, of stamina, of endurance. Of, so, but it says here they wrestled till daybreak. I, I found a quote that said, how did, a commentary said, how did Jacob ever manage to keep up his struggle throughout the entire night? I do not know. But I do know that his determination to hang in there was no greater than our frequent determination to have our own way and eventually win out over God. See, throughout the time that they were locked together, then Jacob must have realized this is not an ordinary man. Throughout the time of this wrestling, he must have realized that, that, you know, this is not just a regular guy. And just when he thought that he was still in the game, that he was still a contender, it says the man touched his hip and threw it out of joint. You, I mean, do you ever, you ever met anybody with a, with a hip that needed a hip replacement, that needed a, you know, that the hip was out of joint? Do you, you're, you're done, exactly. You're, you're done. The pain, the excruciating pain that comes from there and up your spine, it just paralyzes you. It, it is such a painful thing to have your hip out of joint. And so I, I don't want you to get the, the wrong picture here. The, the, right there, Jacob was defeated. He was done. His hip is out of whack. There's a commentary, the commentary I was reading, I, I love the way this man is from like the 1800s and I love just kind of reading what he, what he has to say about scripture. He says, sometimes we may feel man really can contend with God. When we see a man or a woman in rebellion against God and they might, be, they might seem to be doing pretty well. How many of you see that sometimes? 
right? You see people apart from God, you see, like all the, all the songs out today, I get mad, I hear these stupid songs, and I say, these guys are making millions, and it's the stupidest thing. The stupidest thing. You ever listen to some of the lyrics today? The stupid, there's no creativity, there's, it's just stupid. Millions of dollars. Huh? Umbrella, you like that one? Under my umbrella? Stupid, right? Stupid. But I bet you everybody knows what we're talking about. Under my umbrella, umbrella, umbrella. Right? It's, it doesn't matter. They could just sing. And so it's easy to see sometimes. And it's easy to look and say, man, how do people that are in rebellion to God, it seems like they're doing well. So he says, but the match might seem, be, it, it, it might seem that way, but it's only in appearance. Only because God can turn the tide at any moment and he's only allowing the match to go on for so long and for his purposes. Amen? Okay, so at this point, the, the, he touches his hip. Jacob is done. God says, okay, let me go now. It's daybreak. I'm, I'm, I'm gone. And Jacob says, I won't let you go until you bless me. Let's get the right picture here because I've heard this twisted so many ways that Jacob is in no condition right now to demand anything from God. So it's not like Jacob has God in a headlock and God can't breathe and God is choking and he's saying, nah man, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And so God is forced to bless him. No, at this point, understand when the hip is out of joint, Jacob is just a pile of bones grabbed around God, and he's just holding the wrestler. He's just not letting go. He's not fighting anymore, but he's just like, just grab, like a kid grabs around your leg, like daddy's leg when he don't want you to leave, right? And the kid just grabs onto your leg and you start dragging him like this. And you're like, come on, papi has to go. And they're like grabbing around your leg, say no. And so you start walking with him as you drag the leg. That, that's kind of the picture of what's happening here with Jacob and God. Jacob is just grabbing his leg and God is going, it's daybreak. I'm going to go. Let me go. And Jacob is like, no. He's weeping. He's crying. You get a better picture of it in, in, uh, in Hosea 12. It, it says that he's pleading, that he's weeping. He's hanging on desperately, clinging. Jacob has lost. God has won. Jacob has been defeated and he realized is he has nothing left and so he puts his trust in God's blessing he says I'm not going to let you go until you bless me family that's the place we all need to get to that's the place we all need to come to we need to a place where God conquers us we will never be more than conquerors until we've come to the place where all we can do is hold on to God it's there where our names are changed. And so God asked, what's your name? And he says, my name is Jacob, which means deceiver. It means con man. It means cheater. It means liar. That's what literally his name means. And God says, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel. And now, there's a lot of different studies on, on the word Israel, but it, it's, a, it's a compound of two words, sarar, meaning to struggle or to rule, and el, meaning God. And so, if, if, you, if you do that in the Hebrew, how the subject is the verb and all that, it ends up being God rules. So, he says, your name was deceiver, your name was liar, your name was cheater. Now, you, you will no longer be that, you will be God rules. That means... 
God rules. That's my name. Can you imagine my name being God rules? That means whoever I, whatever I do, wherever I go, what's your name? God rules. Think about that. And that like my name is a testimony now. What, what was your name? Oh, Michael, blah, 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 blah. God rules. Okay, you know, you say it around Christians and you say, okay, I know God rules, but what's your name? No, my name is God rules. All right, God rules, but what's your name? God rules. That's my name. It's been changed. God rules. Isn't that an incredible thing when God changes your name? So, so then, and, and isn't it cool there? Jacob asked him, what's his name? We've been doing this whole study on the names of God. But here, there's an instance where God says, why do you ask me what my name is? And immediately he blesses him. In other words, God is saying, God, God is saying, my name is not what's important right now. What I want you to remember is what's your name from this point on. God gives us names all throughout the word for us to run into, but sometimes it's not his name that he wants to talk about. It's our name he's interested in. Jacob says, tell me your name. And God says, your name? No. And he blesses him. See, what he's saying is you were Jacob, but now you're Israel. You were a deceiver. You were a liar. You were a cheater. You were a con man. Fill in the blank for you guys today. You were a player. You were a drunk. You were a pothead. You were an an absent mother. You were a missing father. You were an abuser. You were a loser. But when you get along with me, when you get a hold of me, when you hang on to me, when you refuse to let go, God says your name changes. Verse 31 says, he walked away limping because of his hip. See, when you hold on to God and you let him change you, not only do you get a new name, but you get a new walk. You walk differently. Come on, that was good. That needed at least two amens there. When you get along with God, not only does he change your name, you, you don't not only get a new name, you get a new walk. How many of you have been walking differently since you've been coming to Christ. How many of you have been walking differently? Some of you, I, you know, I love, I love this church because some of you, this is your first experience in church. You know, some of you have been so far or you've been far away from church for such a long time because religion has always kept you from the doors because you never had good enough clothes to wear because you never got your act good enough and tight enough to be able to actually walk into church and be a hypocrite like everybody else, you know, and so that has kept you away from church for so long. I love this place because some of you are so raw and, and it causes problems sometimes because you just don't know how to act, you know, but that's all right because we love it. We love you that way, you know, because I believe God loves you that way. Amen. So when you, when you hold on to God, you get a new walk. And so it's just been so awesome to see some of you start your new walk. It's, it's awesome to see. And, you know, you know, you'll never hear me preach up here. Um, you know, you shouldn't smoke and you shouldn't drink and you shouldn't curse and you shouldn't. I believe, listen, I bring you the word of God and I let God deal with the rest of that. Amen. And I've seen it. I've seen the testimonies. You guys come back and say, hey, I stopped smoking. Amen. But I, the, he said, because the last week's sermon, I, I felt, I, I, I started looking through notes. I said, that didn't, 
I didn't touch the new ports. I didn't touch none of that last week. I looked through my notes. I do a search to my studies. I said, I never mentioned Newport. I never mentioned the 100s or the menthol. Not, none of that. But, but see, when you bring the truth, the truth sets people free. Amen? And it's not, when you bring religion, religion brings oppression. And then it's like, I, oh, I can't, oh, the pastor said, I can't smoke, pastor said, I can't, I can't. So, so man, I can't get my cigarette. I can't do, you know. And, and you have all these laws and stuff that you can't do. And so what happens? Eventually that'll just keep you from here. Because you'll have a bad week. And you say, well, this Sunday I can't go. Because God knows what I've done this week I've been smoking and chain smoking four packs a day which I don't even know how you can afford that at seven dollars a pack so I mean that alone I I think you know shouldn't make anybody quit but you know when when the word gets in you you just start to realize listen I'm going to come to church no matter what because that's where I need to be I need to be here I need to get with God's people I need to be because listen because if I get around the right people they're going to start covering over me like the word says. And so if I get in here, even though I'm an irritant, even though I'm sitting next to somebody and, oh man, that brother smells like cigarettes. See, and, and sister got all the perfume on the cover, the cigarette smell. But, but it's an irritant to those in the aisle. But, but what do we do with irritants? We start to cover over them. And we start to build them up. And we start to build them up until they're beautiful in Christ. Amen? Until they're beautiful, we start to build them up. Like the word says. And so, so 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. Interesting thing to note in the word of God at this point. From that point on, he was called Jacob twice as many times as he was called Israel. After that. You can work that out in your own theology and figure out, man, how come God changed his name? How come the word of God still calls him Jacob in some parts? How many people come to Christ and God makes them a new creation? God gives them a new name, but in some areas they still act like Jacob. Right? Any one of you? Not me, but you know, any one of you guys? Amen? Me and Darwin? See, sometimes God gives us a new name. He makes us a new creation. Amen? We know. It's like, God, I did everything you asked me to do. I I accepted you into my heart. I believe I'm making you Lord of my life. And you gave me a new name. You made me a new creation. But I still smoke once in a while. Or I still do this. Or or sometimes I can't control my tongue and, and the stuff comes out that I hear all day. A lot of that is diet too. Amen? Right? A lot of that is diet. If you eat a lot of garlic, the garlic's gonna come out. Right? And so if all you do is surround yourself with, with the people dropping F-bombs left and right and left and right and then, and then you throw four CDs on that got 19 F-bombs in each, you know, I wonder what people would say if they, if they weren't allowed to use the F-word. Like how would some people's vocabulary change? Right? The people that use it like eight times in a sentence? It's crazy! Right? But see, if all you do is surround yourself with that, what comes in is going to come out. So, you know, a lot of that is diet too. But, but I believe, you know, I, I believe in giving God's grace and, and, and saying, you know, God, I'm coming to you. I'm loving you. And, and I believe God's going to take care of the rest of that. Amen? So, in some areas, we still act like Jacob. In some areas, we still need wrestling. In some areas, we still need a touch on our lives that we, so we can walk different. Legalism says when you come to church, you better come correct. Legalism says you better work it all out before you get here. Fake it till you make it. Never let them see you sweat. 
The word of God. Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come to me, all who are weary, all who are burdened, and I will give you rest. I love it. In the message it says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. So tell somebody, God's still working on me. He's covering me. Tell somebody, he's covering me. And I'm coming out beautiful. See, but listen, even an oyster can take a couple of years to cover over the irritant. It doesn't happen overnight. And that's only if the irritant stays in the oyster. You didn't get that. It takes an oyster almost two years or or more than two years to cover over the irritant and transform it to a beautiful pearl. And that's only if the irritant stays inside the oyster. Can I encourage you today with this? The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it. And they are safe. Can I encourage you, family, to stay in it? To run into the name of the Lord and stay in it. Stay inside it to that, so that you would be safe. Jesus says in the book of John, remain in me and I'll remain in you. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Can we just bow our heads for a moment? I want you to just kind of just reflect, just for a quick moment, just reflect on, on, on what God may, what might be speaking to you through this word. And I believe it's different for different people. I believe God, we're at different levels of maturity and God deals with us differently. But I want you to just take a moment to reflect and say, man, God, where, what part of this thing are you talking to me through? What, what are you saying to me, God? Are you, are you, am I just one of those that you're saying, just stay in me? I'm, I'm working on you. I'm covering over you. I'm, I'm transforming you. I'm changing you. Just stay in me. Or, and, or, or am I here and I'm saying, you know, I need to, to, God is picking a fight with me today. God brought me here today to pick a fight. He brought me here because he wants to wrestle with me. He wants to get some of those things out of me. He wants to get some of that selfishness, some of that self-reliance. I've been trusting on me too long. I've been trusting on my job too long. I've been trusting on finances and economy and my position in my career maybe God brought you here today to pick a fight with you I've been trusting on my future too long I'm not I'm not trusting in God and God wants to get me in a in a chokehold and he wants to wrestle that out of me so until I get to the point where I know God I can't do this alone I can't keep up the economy is failing people are being laid off everywhere God there's no security for me and I can't take it I'm stressed out I'm overwhelmed I don't know what to go to next that's that's where God brings you just to his feet and you just hold on and you say God I'm not gonna let go today until you bless me and I I definitely I know I know there's some of you here today that God is picking that fight with 
I encourage you today to just give in. You don't, you've been fighting for too long. You're too tired. You're too worn out. You've turned into a nasty person. People around you don't want to be around you anymore. Your wife doesn't like you. Your husband doesn't like you. Your kids can't stand being around you. you everything is, is consuming. It's overwhelming you. And God is picking a fight with you today. He wants you to get that out of you so that you can just be the person that he created you to be. And then God says, I want to make you better. In a moment, I'm going to ask Pastor Gary to come. And I'm going to ask Pastor Gary to, to pray that blessing. See, I believe the blessing that God spoke over Jacob was the blessing of going from the old life to the new life. Of going from Jacob to Israel. And so, I'm going to pray, Pastor. I'm going to ask Pastor Gary to come and pray that blessing over you. But first, you have to identify where you stand today. I, don't, I might not do this all the time and, and I don't, you know, make you respond certain ways all, all the time. But I believe God today is picking fights. And when he picks a fight, you know, if, if, if I'm going to get into a fight with you, I want you to know, I want you to see me and I want us to fight. And so I believe God wants to call you out today. And so if that's you, if God is, is, is telling you stop wrestling, stop um, trusting on your, your schemes and your hustles and your, your habits and your things, and he's saying, just come to me. I want you to not be ashamed today and, and just come up just tired, broken, sweaty, abused, whatever it is. Just come up and say, God, all right, come on and come to his feet today. Let this be his feet today. Let the altar be a holy place today. Let it be his feet today. Just come to his feet and then say, Say it, purpose it in your heart. Say, God, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Not that I have any power to hold on to you. Not that I have any power to make you bless me. But God, I'm at your feet. I'm holding on. I'm crying. I'm weeping. My hip is out of joint. I got no strength to keep going. I can't keep fighting. God, I'm out. I'm just, I'm going to hold on to you. And I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Thank you, Lord. There's more. There's more of you. There's more of you. You're not doing this for me. I know I got to wrestle with God. I know my fights. So don't resist. There's no point. It doesn't matter what I see or what anybody here sees. What matters is that you get yourself right in the place where God wants you to be. See, because you can't, you can't, you know, you, what's the point of coming here every week and learning these names and learning that he's Jehovah Jireh, my supplier, my provider, he's my safety, he's my righteousness. What's the point of knowing all of that if you don't come into it, if you don't step into it, if you don't, he can't provide for you if you're not in his will. Do you understand? He can't provide for you. He can't heal you. He can't release you until you step into where he wants you to be. When you're outside of that strong tower, you're not safe. And I, and I think some of you feel that today. You're not safe. You don't feel safe in your jobs. You don't feel safe in your, in your relationships, your marriages. You don't feel safe. And it's because God is picking fights. And some of you could get real excited that God is picking a fight with your husband today. God is picking a fight with your wife today because it means God's going to make them better. Hallelujah.
Gary, come. Release that blessing. And listen, after, after Gary releases that blessing, think of the whole scripture, what's happening there with Jacob, and, and then it's done. His name is changed. You renew, understand that something has to change from this point on. Understand that if you're saying, God, I'm letting go, I'm going to, then don't pick it up again when you walk out of this place. Don't go back to rely on it. Don't go back to trust on it. Say, God, I need you to be Jehovah in my life. I need you to be Yahweh. I need you to be Kadosh. I need you to be Jehovah Shammah. I need you to be Jehovah Sikkenu. I need you to be Adonai. I need you to be Yahweh. And I surrender. Amen. Before I pray, is there anyone else here that God's been trying to get a hold of your heart? And you know that that you need to just give in to God. If you're saying, God, whatever it is you want, I'm going to give it over to you right now. If that's you, I don't want to miss anyone. Because when God changed Jacob's name, he gave him a new level of authority. A new level of faith was released in Jacob. So even before he died, the Bible says he leaned on his cane and he, by faith, even though he was going to the grave, he blessed his children because he became a man of great faith. So for all of you who are standing up here right now, not only is God going to bless you, but he's going to change your very nature of who you are by changing your name. What God is going to do is he's He's giving you a new level of authority, a new level of character. Is there anyone else before I pray right now? Anyone else you're saying, that's me. I want, I want who I am transformed. I'm tired of being the, head, the tail and not the head. I'm tired of missing out on God's blessing. Is there anyone else? And then we're going to pray. So, Father, I just bless right now, Lord God, each one who is standing right now at the altar, Lord God. I just thank you right now that they've been wrestling with you, Lord God, wrestling against your purposes and your plans, Lord God. Father, but I thank you right now that they've chosen, they've made a choice to yield their hearts over to you, Lord God. And Father, I just rededicate their lives to you, Lord God. I thank you that your work doing a transforming work even now in their hearts, Lord God. That you're changing their names, Lord God. I thank you in Jesus' name that you're releasing the very blessings of heaven over their lives. Some of you have been, it seems like you've been living under a curse. It seems like you've been stomped on. It seems like everything you've tried to do always falls apart, just like with Jacob. And the Lord says he's reversing that over you right now. So in Jesus' name, I break that curse off of your life right now. In Jesus' name, I just speak the destiny of God over you. 
I just release over you the very love, the purposes and plans that God has had for you in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for a holy remnant, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, for your children who stand before you, Lord God. And in the name of, I just hear God saying that there's a cleansing wave coming right now. That God is cleansing your heart. So I just release that now. Now in Jesus' name. Let him wash you. Let him wash you. Can you feel the Lord right now? He's talking at your heart. He's cleansing you. He's cleansing you. He's washing you. Just feel it. I just there's something real happening in the spirit right now. The the washing of the Holy Spirit. He's washing away your past. Every failure that you've ever had, it's being washed away like God did for Jacob. He washed away all the sins of the past. And that name Jacob, it also means a prince. God is making you into a prince or a princess right now. You're royalty. So, Father, I just thank you, Lord God. I bless each one, Lord God, to be a child of the King, to walk in kingdom authority, the very royalty of heaven, Lord God. And I thank more than anything else, Lord. I pray that each one would know that they are beloved of God. That you are a beloved of God. That you are God's beloved child. You're, a, you're no longer will God make you a servant or a slave. But God calls you a son or a daughter. And we thank you, Lord God. I bless you for each one in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless.